the South Coast End Zone Podcast. Extended coverage of high school football from sports editor Lori Lose of the Standard Times. Now, the South Coast End Zone. Welcome back, high school football fans. This is South Coast End Zone, the podcast. We are your hosts, Brennan Curie and Lori Lose, for one last week here this season. Yes, uh, I don't know if everybody knows or not, but I'm uh, very pregnant right now, and uh, I'm going to be having the baby sometime in the next week. Congratulations, so, Lori. Yeah, so unfortunately, I'll be missing the rest of football season, but I That's will. That's true, but I think we'll have Sam Schilling filling in for you. He's a big uh, high school football fan, also known as my friend who saw a game oftentimes on this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, but we got one more week here with Lori, and we're going to run through all of the week five games and look back at some of the week four action. Well, it's a full slate of games. We don't have any um, team, any games that are featuring two local teams, so we're actually a full nine games. Whew, eight uh, yes. on Friday and one on Saturday, right? Yep. So it's a uh, lot, lots of action lot, to check lots out. Of football. So wherever you are in the South Coast, there's probably a football game going on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're going to kick off with uh, talking about Greater New Bedford Vogue Tech. Uh, the Bears host Martha's Vineyard on Friday night at 6 p.m. I know this game has been, it seems like the time's been changed about three or four times. It was it does, yeah. 6, then it was 6.30, now it's back to 6. So right now, as as of us recording this at 6 p.m. 5.17 on Wednesday afternoon, it is 6 o'clock. So, uh, you know, the Bears come into this game, um, coming off a... Uh, you know, another tough loss to a Poniquit. Uh, it was 40-13. to 13. They're winless on the season, uh, 0 for 4. And just really, um, I think, just trying to find themselves. I know you were at that game. I was at and that game. I, a couple, couple observations. So first off, the team attitude and mindset seems much better, even at yes. 0 and 4. Uh, they're playing for each other. They're excited. It was... Um, a positive sideline. Um, so just kind of the atmosphere around the team, even at 0-4, seems leaps and bounds ahead of where it was uh, last year, even probably two years ago. Uh, so that's definitely a positive. And the second thing was, so, so Volk obviously has been struggling for a couple seasons here. Yes. And la- the last couple seasons, when I, so they, a lot of times in the second half of their game, their varsity is playing against other teams' JV, yes. especially after that first possession. And the last couple of years when I saw them, Vokes JV and other teams JV often seemed to be kind of an equal matchup. They were kind of playing on the JV level of a lot of other teams. This time, when Aponiquit's JV was in, Vokes varsity was better than Aponiquit's JV. Okay. So, that, that, to me, it's only a half step, but it's a half step where it's like, okay, when they're playing against a JV opponent, they're obviously better, which for at least in my eyes was a step up from where it was last year. Yeah. And it sounds like uh, Ethan Almeida, I mean, this kid, you know, they, they got lucky with him transferring over from Dartmouth. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had another solid game, uh, 8 of 16 passing, 156 yards, a touchdown. But he did have the two picks in that game. Two picks. Uh, one wasn't his fault. One was uh, he hit was the receiver, and as soon as the receiver got the ball, uh, it was actually uh, Shane Cooney laid a hit on him. The ball popped up in the air, yep. and um, then um, uh, uh, the, uh, Kevin Hughes yep. uh, kind of snagged it out of the air and ran it back for a touchdown. So that, that one wasn't really... Uh, his fault at all. He he struggled with his footing actually a lot in the first half. Okay. Um, it was you know it was it was that rainy not Friday used night. Not the, the with not playing on turf. Exactly. I guess. Uh, real field. It was it wasn't muddy, but it was slick and yeah. wet. It was kind of misting during the game, so it never fully dried out. Um, so he kind of struggled. He'd go back. He'd try to plant off of his back foot, and he'd just kind of slip a little bit. And then by that point, all the timing was thrown off. So 
Now, the majority of those yards were in the second half, um, yeah. uh, you know, against kind of the second string defensive backs for Poniquid. But they showed a lot of things. You know, Dana Haywood obviously got a ton of speed. They did a good job. You know, I remembered him last year running a lot of kind of nine go routes. He was doing a little more stuff over the middle of the field, some posts and stuff. So uh, that looked good. And they, they had a few in the first half that were open and they just weren't able to connect on. Yeah. So that, that passing game has definitely shown some improvement and probably will only continue to improve. Well, I think I'm, this matchup is a really go- good one for Vogue Tech. Uh, Martha's Vineyard ended up opening the season um, against Atlantis Charter, um, who we know, we know from Stang, uh, Stang last, last year, year uh, with a 55-0 to win. So, yeah. As uh, teams tend to do against yes. Atlantis Charter. Um, and then since then, they've lost three straight uh, by a combined score of 100-53, to and that includes losses to St. John Paul II, West Bridgewater, and Bourne. Um, and, and now Vineyard's a program that last year had to forfeit a couple of games. Yes, and it happened after they beat Volk, I think, was, was what it was. Right? What I actually kind of remember was that they'd forfeited games, and then they decided to still play oh, did Volk. They decide? I knew it was yeah, right around the Yeah, they got the a couple game. kids healthy back again, so then they came back and played okay, Volk okay, after they forfeited. Okay, because it was 14-0 to zero, the yeah. Vineyard beat Volk last year. Um, so, I mean, I think this is a game that maybe everything will come together for, for the Bears and and it's going to be even, yes. you know, like it's going to be a lot this is more a winnable even. game yes. for Vogue Tech. Definitely. Um, and that game, like I said, is Friday night at Greater New Bedford Vogue Tech. Uh, Martha's Vineyard is coming to town. So at six o'clock, six right o'clock now. as yeah. of now. <laughs> yes. Uh, as Unless of it right changes now. again. So next game is uh, South Shore is actually going to be visiting Old Colony. Uh, 7 o'clock, Friday night. They're bringing in the lights. You know, they're... Uh, it's always fun for the Cougars to yeah, play with the lights. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, it's homecoming. So, you know, I'm sure they'll be up for the game and up for all the festivities. A lot festivities. of school spirit these days uh, up in Rochester. Yeah, I know. We just had a great story on... Uh, Brendan wrote on them winning the... What was the name of the award? Uh, Markham Award. Markham. Markham. I always forget. Which is uh, it's kind of the equivalent of the Dalton or the Ames Award, yeah. but it's for a small vocational school. So they have yeah. the, the best winning percentage across all sports, all seasons of any small vocational school in the state and the first time the school ever won it. So Yeah, that's awesome. Shout out to Old Colony. They're doing some good things over there. So uh, last week they ended up uh, you know, also playing on Friday. It was an afternoon game. Um, they beat Blue Hills 22-8. Uh, to eight. Surprised both of us. We both picked that yeah, game wrong. you know. Was, hey, they, I guess you can get a few wrong here and there. I think, I think. Well, yeah, we're both 0-2 picking Old Colony the last two weeks. I think we both <laughs> picked them to win uh, the game that they lost against Cape Cod yep, Tech. Yep, and then... And then we both... Uh, so maybe we're going... We're swinging a little too wildly with the pendulum of uh, week by week. Yeah, and uh, really they came out in the second half and... Uh, you know, it was a, a scoreless game in the first half, and they ended up scoring on the first offensive play of the second half. Uh, Kyle Schultz, um, he ended up uh, scampering 65 yards for, for a touchdown, and then Matt Bumpus had the two-point conversion, and they were up 8 nothing. and then they just added to their lead in the fourth quarter. Phil Proctor had a touchdown run and also the conversion, and, you know, they were – Blue Hills ended up scoring, you know, to, to kind of c- – Put a little pressure on them, and Old Colony just was hoping to run out the clock because it was getting late. And then, uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was I'm trying to think of who, who it was. I think Bumpus. Looking that up, quick shout out: Phil Proctor has my favorite arm sleeve of the season. Nice, the American nice. flag one. It's cool. Um, and then Bumpus ended up breaking off a thirty-two-yard touchdown run. Uh, so, you know, they were just trying to run out the clock and. He ended up getting another touchdown there to seal the deal, but no, uh, no pass attempts. So, uh, and that's something they talked about after the yeah. Cape Tech loss was they're going to have to add a little more passing, but uh, maybe they're going the other direction, just doubling down on the run game and just being like, "Hey, yeah. we're a running team." And hey, if stop it works us. until until somebody stops them, I mean, they might as well continue to do it. I mean, they they have those four, pretty much four guys that can 
that can run the mm-hmm. ball for them. Um, you know, and through the then the defense has just been outstanding through four games. Yeah, even they, in the loss, they were, yeah. the defense has always been solid. Um, they've only allowed thirty six combined points. Um, so that's that's pretty impressive when you get to to you know through four weeks. Um, but South Shore uh, is winless on the season, zero and four. They played a tough, uh, played Diamond tough uh, last week in a twenty to zero loss um, for the first three quarters, and they trailed just seven to zero going into the fourth. But the Bengals ended up putting a few more touchdowns on the board, um, and they really had no answer for uh, John Claude King. Uh, he had twelve carries for one hundred and sixty six yards, and he scored all three of uh, the Diamonds touchdowns. So it sounds like. They've and struggled against run the run. On them maybe, yeah. yeah, so so that that should uh, bode well for the Cougars who are definitely enjoying their rushing attack. While yeah, you know. and getting those big plays is big because I yeah. was in the Cape Tech loss. They never got uh, I think a, a play over ten yards in the entire game. So, wow, um, I've seen them twice in the game that I saw them win. Kyle Schultz also had a big you know, it was forty fifty yard run. Yeah. So, Breaking one of those, two of those a game, uh, A, obviously gets you points on the board, and then B, probably gets the defense a little bit more on their heels, playing a little more prevent. And Yeah, all three of their the touchdown runs were of 25 yards or more. So 25, 32, and 65 last week. So That's nice when you don't have to like just consistently put together full yes. drives and you got to go 80 yards every time and you're only getting six, seven, eight yards a play. So that game is Friday night. Uh, South Shore is visiting Old Colony at 7 p.m. under the lights for homecoming. All right, and then we got uh, the uh, basically the SEC. This one will decide what's going on with the SEC large. Yes. Um, Old Rochester at Somerset Berkeley, uh, 7 o'clock on Friday. Yep, the the Bulldogs, uh, 4-0. Um, they ended up coming off a huge win last week against Dighton Rehoboth, 20-14, to to kind of be put in that driver's seat of that SEC large. Uh, while Somerset Berkeley... Two weeks ago, lost to Dighton Rehoboth. I think it was fourteen to three, and then had mm-hmm. a bye. Yep. So they have they're two and one overall. Um, <clears throat> so they're both technically coming off DR games. Technically, yes. Um, and last year, OR and I was at this game. OR ended up losing to Somerset Berkeley, thirty six thirty three, and that clinched it for Somerset to go. And that to was the a crazy game, game, wasn't it? Yes, it was pretty wild. Um, so yeah, so I mean this. You know, if OR wins this... Yeah, there's basically two scenarios here. OR wins it. They're the SEC large champs. They'll play in the SEC crossover game. Um, Against probably... Case is looking like the front runner in the SEC small right now. Uh, Now, if Somerset Berkeley wins this game... You'll end up, it's gonna be and crazy. everyone else wins out. Any other SEC? I don't know if anyone has to play Vocal anymore or Pontiquet or, um, or Pontiquet. But assuming every, those three teams, DR, OR, and Summers at Berkeley, take care of business against the other teams, and they're all one and one and one against each other, it's going to come down to a coin flip. I was talking to Bill Tilden. Is there they were, a three-headed coin? I, I guess it's a series that? of coin flips. Okay. So they do. I don't know exactly how all the machinations work, uh, but he was saying they were trying to come up with other tiebreakers. You know, like. Uh, Points for, points against, you know, uh, average margin of victory. But you don't want teams running up the score no. in the fourth quarter. You don't want a, that to be an advantageous thing for them. Uh, so then they were trying to come up with something where it's like, oh, what about the scores only between those three teams and their games? And I think they just decided that for now, a coin toss is the way to do it. And I'm not sure anyone's totally happy with that, uh, but there wasn't a better solution. So kind of interesting as, as the SEC became a 10-team league, kind of these little things that you know, maybe didn't come up in the grand big-picture conversations about becoming a 10-team conference. Yeah. You know, what happens if we have three teams all tied for a division lead in football? Like, yeah, but that said, well, they're figuring the Bulldogs it out. are playing really well. 
DR gave him a game, and uh, OR kind of proved in a close game that they can kind of, you know, pull from that reserve of uh, and fight back and uh, overcome a little bit of adversity, which they hadn't really faced all season. Yeah, well, they came out real strong in that game, right? They, they, they... I thought it was going to be another blowout. First two drives, they drove down. The first drive, they didn't even have a third down. Just first and second wow. down, they were getting first downs every time. Just drove down the field, scored. Second time around, their only third down, this was after a three and out. DR didn't, I think, lost yardage. They drive down the field again. Their only third down is a third and goal from like the two. Oh, and Desmond Dias, you know, barrels into the end zone for a touchdown. They're up 14 nothing. It's seven minutes into the game. DR's next possession, they don't do anything again. They lose yards, they punt. I'm yeah. like, holy cow, Like this is yeah. just going to be like another you know, Pontiquit or Voke or any other games earlier this season. And then uh, OR gets the ball, and they actually connect on like a 49-yard pass uh, from Cole McIntyre to Tyler, uh, no. Tyler no. Yep. And then And then they get a, a sack, and then they get a penalty, and they get pushed back. It's like third and 29, and they actually got to like, or second and 29. They got to fourth and eight. It was manageable, but they couldn't get it. And all of a sudden, that little time there where they didn't get the first down, they didn't score, seemed to flip the momentum. DR, the next time, didn't score, but they drove all the way down the field to the 25. And then from there on out, OR was punting. DR was driving. DR had the momentum the second and third quarters. Yep. Uh, and then finally were able to tie it up early in the fourth quarter. And that's when all of a sudden, like, a light bulb went on for our light switch, switch for ORR. And they were like, all right, like, this is serious now. Like, yeah. we're tied after zero zero in a game, <laughs> and this hadn't happened to them, and they just marched right down the field. They uh, rode a lot of Jackson Cody on that drive. Yeah, he had a big uh, game. He had a big game, uh, junior, and Anthony Childs also had a pretty good game. And uh, they they scored, and then they actually had to do two more defensive stands the rest of the game in order to win it. And uh, they were able to come up with both. Uh, now the one thing is, Dr. was able to pass a little bit. Mm. This is the first time I'd seen any team really move the ball, and they didn't move it much on the ground, but they were able. Uh, especially kind of in the middle of the field, uh, but you know between the hash marks. Yeah, I think they their quarterback would have about hundred. Was it close to hundred yeah, yards? It was ninety nine, I believe. Yeah, and he actually he started off better. He finished under five hundred, under fifty percent passing, mm-hmm. but he was like eight of eleven for like seventy yards at one point, and then had a lot of incomplete passes in those two final possessions in the fourth quarter. Yep. Well, and it sounded like Desmond Dias has really, uh, you know, been coming on strong the last couple of weeks, especially with Will Garcia being out. Yeah, he's the goal line week. guy. I yeah. mean, he's he's a guaranteed three yards, big, strong guy. Yeah. You know, he's he runs uh, what I'm pretty sure are most of like Harry Smith's plays in the playbook, um, especially because so Will Garcia was doing some play some runs between the tackles. They really didn't run Cody and Childs much between the tackles. They were no, more perimeter outside. guys. Yeah. All right, and uh, like I said, Somerset Berkeley. Uh, the last time they played, it was a, a fourteen to three loss to Dighton Rehoboth, and that was in week three. Um, and they opened the season with wins over Durfee and Voke Tech. Um, Six nothing though over Durfee though, right? Yeah, it was, it was a really a, close. It was game. a really close one. And then Voke Tech. Voke Tech ended up scoring to start that game. Uh, I think they were up seven to zero, and then um, Somerset Berkeley scored. I think forty two straight points before Voke. Got back on the board or something like that, so it was ridiculous. Finally, the offense came together. So they can be dangerous. Yes, and the defense has only given up 8.6 points per game, um, while the offense is averaging about 17 a game. Um, But against Dighton Rehoboth, the offense was held to 162 yards of total offense, and uh, 52 of them came on a swing pass from Jake Meehan to Ethan uh, Robidoux. So that's, you know, they didn't do a lot against... uh, against uh, Dighton Rehoboth, but they've had two weeks to prepare for this game. True. Yes. So who knows? 
<laughs> no, I'm we'll have to look through a lot of tape here. So and, then, uh, it'll be interesting because uh, it sounded like Will Garcia is still questionable for this week. Yes, that's what it he sounds was, like. Uh, he wasn't in a hard cast or anything, but he had a little light brace on his ankle and he was on crutches uh, on the sidelines of the last game. And uh, Kugler made uh, kind of a mention, you know, like if we don't have Will next week. So they're at yeah. least in their heads that they might have not have Will Garcia, uh, which, which, which hurts a little bit. I mean, they got a lot of good running backs, but he's kind of the, the really dynamic guy. And yes. he's the most versatile of their running backs, too. Yeah, but they do have a lot more weapons, I feel like. They do. They... In the passing game, they didn't really have to get to the passing game much against DR. They only attempted three passes. Yep. Um, I think it was one, one of three. They was were playing two, DR was playing two safeties. So oh, it'll be so. interesting to see if we see Somerset Berkeley going with a two safety look. You know, a lot of high school teams play just one safety. So. Yeah. And that game is Friday night, Old Rochester at Somerset Berkeley at 7 p.m. And it's pretty much, you know, ORR wins. They clinch the large. They mm-hmm. clinch a, you know, a spot in that uh, SEC title game a couple of weeks from now. So, bit, And bit, even if game. they lose it, they technically are a coin toss away from still being there. Yes. So another big game on, on Friday night is uh, Bishop Stang, undefeated Bishop Stang, is uh, visiting Coyle Cassidy um, at 7 p.m. in their Eastern Athletic Conference opener. Um, Bishop Stang, like we said, is 4-0. and Coyle Cassidy, surprisingly, 3-1. and Yeah, that, when you told me that today, yeah. I was a little surprised. I, I was surprised when I, looked, with that type of record I, when I looked it up. I said, oh, my goodness. I said, Coyle's having a great, great year this year because um, they've struggled. You know, mm-hmm. the last couple of years, they... They still don't have a lot of numbers this year. I think they only have about 30, 30-ish kids. A lot of them are playing both ways. Um, but they compete in uh, the Division 8. So, you know, like they're hope, like when they make the playoffs, they're going to exactly, do well against yeah. other teams at their level. Um, they have a lot of guys playing both ways. And uh, they, uh, their only loss came in Week 3 to Mashpee. Um, they lost 18-0 to in that game. But they bounced back this past week to beat... Georgetown, which I've never heard of Georgetown. I mean, other than down in D.C. Down in D.C., yeah. The Patrick Ewing <laughs> uh, School yeah. I'm aware of. Yeah. Uh, but they beat Georgetown 35-6 to six, uh, in pretty much dominating fashion. Um, and in their three wins, they've recorded two shutouts and just given up one score in the three wins. So they're it's not... probably a very tough matchup for the Spartans, but... Yeah, I feel like really Stang, I feel like Stang's, you know, I mean, Stang's kind of just been chugging along and, and just doing really well. And this will probably be like, not to say their first big test, but I mean, it sounds like it's it it's going to be it'll set them up well for Fian too, because yeah. that'll be the real, the, probably the toughest game on the schedule. So, oh, definitely you know, playing, a, playing a tough one <laughs> heading into that one. And last year when they played each other, Coyle and, and Stang, it uh, it was Is a this defensive like a six nothing game or something. Overtime, last overtime, overtime. Yes, six nothing right. in overtime. Coyle ended up beating um, Bishop Stang, so uh, I'm sure the Spartans are going to be motivated to come out and you know kind of get a little bit of payback for that. Plus, I mean, you can't. You can't drop this game and hope to to win the conference. No. You know, not with Fian on the schedule, and yeah. But uh, Stang- but Justin Lopes is healthy. He ended up playing last week. We weren't sure going. Yeah. He was game time decision going. Yeah, into he it. two and touchdown he passes, two touchdown passes, and just keeps chugging along. And yeah, Tim Manley Jr. ran for a couple more touchdowns, and um, a pair of scores by uh, Matt Pollux as yep, well. He was back. He was back healthy. So, so it was just kind of like a balanced attack yeah. on offense. Uh, and just Justin Lopes, Eric he- Camacho had another touchdown catch. Yep. He's, uh, what is he up to? Four, uh, three now in the season, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Justin Lopes leads the area with 404 rushing yards, seven rushing touchdowns. Um, he's also uh, 346 passing yards, and let's see, I think it's... So he's got a good shot at a 1,000-thousand yeah. season. 
Yeah, three rushing, touchdown passes. Passing. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that was with him being a little bit bumped up. Uh, what was that, week three? He was mm-hmm. bumped up in that he game. Missed, I think he went out in the second quarter. Yeah. So, um, and then I know he actually split a little bit of time this past week with James D. I mm-hmm. know he came in and, uh, you know. So it sounds like James D is kind of their two-minute drill guy. Yeah. As, uh, Dennis Golden was explaining it to me. So they got the ball back with like a minute 40 left in the first half. And uh, James D let him down the field to, for a score. Yeah. No, that's awesome to be able to have somebody that can come in and kind mm-hmm. of do that um, with the offense and, and also maybe to give Lopes a breather too. Seems like everything's clicking in Spartan Village these days. That's awesome. Um, so that game is uh, is Bishop Stang at Quail Cassidy Friday night, 7 p.m. Uh, you know, undefeated Spartans take on the 3-1 and one, uh, Warriors. All right, so next up we got Fairhaven at Bourne, also 7 o'clock. Uh, Blue Devils Friday are 2-2. Two yep. Two. yep, Friday night. Blue Devils are 2-2. Two and two, Yep. Uh, coming off a loss this last weekend. Uh that they case. had a chance to win, so both of their losses this season have been uh, tough, very Ugh. close losses. That they had a chance to win both games in the final minute. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, this game sounded like it was pretty, pretty exciting. Um, you know, there was a lot of action going on, and and they were ended. They were down. Um, I think it was what was it, twenty-one to three, and they ended up cutting it to twenty-one to ten, and then. You know, the final margin of victory was 21 to 18. And I think they even have it a shot at the they end. They had a field goal. They, they yeah. attempted a field goal to tie it up. Uh, in the, I think it's time. It was like a 40. It was, I mean, it was, it was a long, it was a long field, field goal. goal. It was not one that you'd expect them to make. But yeah, 48 they got in position to tie it up uh, as time expired. I mean, it just seems like they're just right there. You know, I know it's we've kind of been saying like, oh, they, they're out without Brady Bennett. You know, and how long is he going to be out? But, I mean, they're finding ways to be in these games and to have a shot. At and winning. Owen Sabula's really been emerging, oh too. Oh, my God. He's, he's had, number he's, two in the area in rushing right now, 381 yards. Yeah, and he, he's just come on Past strong. Past Will Garcia, because like Will Garcia was out last week, so you know, yeah. one last game, but still. Um, I mean, and he had uh, he had a 14-yard, uh, I think it was touchdown catch, um, actually, this past week. So, you know, he's getting it done also, you know, through the air as well uh, on the receiving end. And it, it's just it's tough because it's like, you know, that was a big game. Mm. You know, like they lost to um, – uh, to Seacock the week before, and that was uh, two, weeks, or two weeks before. Two weeks before, him in the yeah, middle. yeah, two weeks before, and that was a huge game in that South Coast Conference small. Mm-hmm. They came back, they beat Wareham. All right, we're in a good position, and then they face Case, and they're right there with the Cardinal uh, undefeated Cardinals, undefeated, yeah. and uh, and just come up short. So um, unfortunately, you know, that's sometimes it, it just happens like that where it's. That is, but I you mean, know. you know, if they keep playing 500, they'll get into the playoffs, and yep. then some of these close games will probably pay off. Yeah. Amen. And Bourne, uh, you know, I know last year Fairhaven beat them pretty good, 46 to 16, but this Bourne team is much better. Um, That's what than, it sounds like. I haven't seen them yet, but yeah. looking at the scores, it looks like they're definitely on the rise. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, they're 3 and 1 this season. Um, they bounced back from a loss to Case um, in week three by me- beating Martha's Vineyard this past week in um, dominating fashion. Um, the Canalmen, uh, they, they ended up using the, the legs of Ryan o- O'Connell and uh, Jam- Jameson Scott. They each had two rushing touchdowns in that game. So those are kind of the guys that Fairhaven's defense is going to have to focus on. But uh, they're averaging just under 30 points per game. Wow. Dangerous and, offense. Yeah, and they've topped 40 twice this year. Um, and they're only giving up just about a little bit over 16 points per game. So, I mean, they're able to put points on the board. They're able to, you know, the defense, I mean, if you only give up just a little bit over two touchdowns and you're scoring four a game, mm-hmm. then, 
you know. Now, is there one loss to Case? Yes. Yep. Yeah. The one loss was to Case. So. Okay. So, so Case is still in the driver's seat there in the SEC yes. small, but... If Case loses a game, Bourne could be right there. Yeah, so so this will this will be another game where you know it's not going to be easy. Um, be a hard one to pick. I don't know who I'm picking right now. <laughs> Did I give you too much information? Too much uh, <laughs> insight there? But uh, but I think I mean Fairhaven, the way Fairhaven's playing, even though they've come up short in a couple of these games, I mean they're they're right there. It seems like things are clicking. You know, they're kind of not to say throwing everything out there, but. I mean, and they're a lot they're, like they're, Old Colony in that they have like four legitimate different yeah. running backs who all kind of have different styles and sizes. And yeah, stuff. and they all contribute. And yep. you know, if somebody's having a little bit of an off day, somebody else kind of picks it up. There's not just one guy that they're relying on. Although Owen Sibula like is kind of emerging a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's kind of rising. You know, to the kind top. of the star of that uh, backfield grouping. So, um, but that game is Friday. It's Fairhaven at Bourne at 7 p.m. All right, so we went from two four and teams and a team that's a uh, few points from being four and to Wareham Vikings. It's been a struggle there. Frank Cass is keeping his head up. Yes, they are hosting Nosset, who's two and two, at seven o'clock on Friday. Um, I'm not sure yeah. this is the one the Vikings get their win in. Yeah, I mean Nosset is uh, has won two of its last three games since opening the season with a seven to six loss to Sharon. Uh, they're averaging about twenty one and a half points per game. While giving up just over 15, um, and that includes three games of holding the opposition to a score or less. Uh, so they had one game where they gave up a lot of points, and all the others they've been really strong. But this is one of the like bigger teams that they'll mm. face this year. Um, so it's going to be a challenge for for Wareham, who's Wareham struggling with numbers. I lost their quarterback. They lo- he may be back. Oh, yeah, okay. According to really. according to Buddy's um, uh, Buddy Thomas's notebook this week, there's a chance that uh, that Isaac Panaro Panero Panero yeah. um, could be back this week. Uh, I guess he sat out last week with a shoulder uh, injury. Uh, and there's a chance that he could play in that game, but it just seemed like they couldn't get anything going last week against Seekonk. Um They lost 41 to eight. Um, the only bright spot was Eric Zine. He had a hundred. It seems like we say this every game. He, the bright spot was Eric Zine. He had 111 yards rushing on 11 carries, and he had he had their uh, their lone touchdown in that game, and he had a 50 yard run that set up um, the touchdown. So it's it's definitely uh, it's tough when it's a one man show and there's it's no tough supporting for the Vikings. So um, they had. It seems like every time I interview someone on the old Rochester team, I go, "Which town are you from?" You know, thinking Marion, Mattapoise, or Rochester. Yeah. They say. They say Wareham, and you know each family has to make its own decisions and stuff, and you know do what's best for itself. But uh, there's a lot of names on that old Rochester team that uh, hometown is Wareham. Well, and the, and kids from Wareham are going to other schools too. Yeah, you know? Upper Cape, Upper uh, Cape. Bishop yeah. Stang, of course, Justin yeah. Lopes. Yeah, so yeah, um, it'd, it'd be interesting if you got everyone who was actually from Wareham back in Wareham in basketball too. Jeez. Yeah, that would be. Oh my gosh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Dan but, Perry, Justin Lopes, Dom Mello. Um, <laughs> God, the kid who's playing up at New Hampton, uh, DeAndre Dominguez. Yes. Um, gosh. That'd, that'd be a that'd state be a championship. Team. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to football. <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> Brendan's Tangents over here drooling, <laughs> talking about basketball season. Let's get through football first. Um, but yeah, last week against Seacock, uh, the Vikings rushed for 135 yards and had just five first downs. Uh, most of that was nine. He was over 100. Yeah. Himself, was he? And uh, it was 27 to zero after the first quarter. So and it was running time from there. So it was a tough game. Um, and this week it'll probably be another tough one. Um, you know, I guess they, at this point you just got to kind of. You're waiting for those non-playoff games. Yeah. You know, you get through these, weather the storm, 
work on getting better. You know, work on. They the, have a freshman team now. Yeah, they have. freshman team started to play. They got about fifteen freshmen out. I heard so. Yeah, and just kind of focus on, you know, getting through the season kind of healthy, getting through these first seven games. You know, we're already more than halfway there. It's Owen. You know, they're four games in and a couple more to play. And then uh, once they go to that non-playoff schedule, it'll be more balanced. You know, it'll be more mm-hmm. teams that are evenly matched with them. Mm-hmm. So that game is Friday night. Nosset at Wareham at 7 p.m. All right, we've got a Poniquit Lakers going to visit Dighton Rehoboth. Um, I actually saw both of these teams last yes. week. Yes, uh, Because of the rain out for ORDR on uh, Friday, they moved to Saturday. I was able to watch a Poniquit Vogue on Friday, and I was glad I finally got to see the Lakers against a non-ORR opponent. The last two years, I'd only seen a Poniquit ORR, and I felt like I never really got a good sense of no. what the Lakers could do. Um, certainly helped. They got Brent Dixon yes. back uh, completely. They got Shane Cooney is playing defense. Uh, his hands still wrapped, so he can't play offense. Um, but those two were key for them. And then Kevin Hughes is just really emerging as an impact player. And that Aponiquit team, if they can keep kind of like the, the non – they got the skill guys as a bunch of sophomores. And they yes. can keep those lines and kind of middle the defense together and, and have some other sophomores come up. That could be a really dangerous team in a couple of years. Yeah. Even next year. Because Chase Gorman, he's a, he's a sophomore. Yep. Kevin Mike Hughes. Henrickson. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of good. But, that Kevin Hughes is really impressive. He's, yeah, he had a. He doesn't look like a running back for like a high school team. He's more like a receiver, right? Yeah, he's, he's taller. Straight up. He's he runs straight up. He's he's kind of a skinnier kid, uh, but he he runs tougher than he looks. He's slipperier than he looks. Mm-hmm. He's kind of loose Hard in the hips, down. and uh, yeah, Voktek struggled a lot taking him down tackling. He was yeah. breaking a lot of tackles. I think he and, had almost almost 200 rushing yards. I was 196. Uh, uh, that was combined between okay, the, two, the two between Dick. No, that was Dixon. Oh, and the two of them. Okay, yep. combined had one nice. Okay. So he had 117, I want to say, but okay. it was all in the first half, and it was on 11 carries. Wow. So he was averaging 10 yards a carry, yeah. and then he had two defensive touchdowns. That's so he's, awesome. He's a player to watch for this year and next couple of years. Yeah, and it was the uh, the 40 points that Poniquit scored marked the most that the team has scored in three plus seasons under uh, Coach Zane Fife. And the back-to-back wins. And they could wins. have scored more if they yeah. kept the varsity offense in all game. Yeah. yeah, and the back-to-back wins are the first for the Lakers since October 2015. So uh, Brennan dusted off Buddy Thomas's books. Uh, I did. I felt very <laughs> Buddy-ish as I was writing those things. Those are very <laughs> Buddy night. Hey, we might yeah. as well use it, right? <laughs> we uh, have all that information. Absolutely. Um, you got the resource like that. Yeah. And after losing to Old Rochester 39-0 in Week 2, the Lakers have outscored their last two opponents 61-19. to So... And if you look at things, if you if you take the OR game out as an outlier, yes, they play the defending state champ Middleborough. Middleborough. I know tough. they're having a tough season, but defending state champ still, yeah. they play them very tough, and they they won their two other games handily. Yeah, so I mean they're they're right there, and they're facing a DR team that's right there too, two and two. Uh, they're uh, the Falcons are coming off of a uh, uh, what was it a loss twenty to, to fourteen twenty to fourteen to Old Rochester this past week, and they haven't. DR hasn't given up more than 25 points in a game. Despite that defense that was strong. Record. Yeah, the defense was definitely better than the offense for them. Yeah. Um, the offense, I mean, there's a lot of passing for DR. From yeah, my usually mind, they, they don't pass they, that much. I want to say they have 25 <laughs> passes or something wow. in that game, which, uh, yeah. That's a lot. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, they're giving up just an average of 13.5 points per game. Um, and they're just uh, – <clears throat> they're um, – they – they, they had helped. the best defensive line I think I've seen really? outside of Old Rochester this season. They were the first defensive line that gave old that where Old Rochester's offensive line didn't just dominate. win, just yeah. didn't dominate, didn't just win the battle every play. Yeah, 
Uh, and this quarterback seems like he, I mean, he's pretty solid. Harrison Prey. Uh, he fa- made a few big plays. He threw for 99 yards and a score. Um, but he also had fi- uh, 50 yards rushing on, on 10 carries. Yeah, he was the guy that uh, Old Rogers had some trouble with in the rushing yeah. game. So uh, so he'll probably be a dual threat that uh, Aponiqua will really have to kind of focus mm-hmm. in on and, and try you and... Stick to your keys when you got that kind of dual threat back there and you don't know what he's going to do on any given play. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how... It seems like Aponiqua's offense is, is finally, um, you know, come together. You know, for the most part, everybody's healthy. You know, they're... they're everything's clicking. Um, and now they're going to face a DR defense that, you it's know... a big test for him. Yeah, that, that, that really, um, you know... And I don't think they're as far apart as if you look at the OR scores, you're like, oh, DR is going to beat them. DR lost 20 to 14. Aponiquit lost 39 to nothing. But I don't don't think that's really illustrative of how this game will be. No, no. So that game is Aponiquit at Dighton Rehoboth. That's Friday night at 7 p.m. All right. So one final Friday night game. Dartmouth Indians coming off their first victory of the season will travel to Bridgewater Raynham. uh, I'm sure fairly deceptive one and two record here. You know, it, you look at this. And Although New Bedford played them very, very close. And the teams have combined for, let's see, seven games, and they only have two combined wins. <laughs> They're combined two and five. When Dartmouth and Bridgewater. No, not even close. Um, you know, Dartmouth finally, 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 thank goodness, got the win last week over Durfee. Um, they beat them 14 to 13. Came down to a crazy play, uh, kickoff. I and think a was, crazy decision. Yes, yes. Okay, uh, Nate uh, Oliver ended up stepping in, grabbing the kickoff, and uh, returning it seventy yards. And and that was after they had made the decision to allow Durfee to score. Yes, yes, yes. They they said, you know what, we want to get the ball back. Yeah, we want to get the ball back. They're, we feel like they're going to score, but we don't want to score too late. Yes. Uh, and sometimes, you know, that comes back to bite you. And does, but we've seen Belichick do it at the NFL level. You know, sometimes it's, hey, just let him into the end zone. And then that gives us enough time to score. They didn't even need time. It turned out they didn't need it. Cause no, they no, the they had plenty of time. They almost had too much time. <laughs> yeah. They were giving some then they had to make another stop. Um, but, yeah, they ended up coming out of that game. Uh, Nate Oliver had the 70-yard kickoff return for a touchdown um, to give them the 14-13 to 13 victory. And get them in that win column. Like mm-hmm. it's it's been. And Dylan Pacheco, I think, was very tough, important too. Yeah. Finally, having a big rushing game. Yeah, he had 22 carries for 120 yards, and he scored on a two-yard run. Um, that was their first rushing touchdown of the year. I think their first 100-yard rushing game as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and they had 177 yards of total offense and 151 coming on the ground. So, and he had most. You know, he had I'm almost all. I guess of them. that's their most rushing yards in a game yes, this season. Yes, I would. I would assume so because. The, the numbers have been low on offense. Um, and, you know, they play tough, tough competition the first three weeks. Um, you know, and Bridgewater Random, even though the Trojans are one and two uh, coming off a bye, they also have faced tough competition. I know well, their, their last first game, two games were against top ten teams in the whole state. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying it was. Uh, uh, the, was Varian it? was one of them? I think so. Um, it was Varian. And, um, we went over this uh, last week or two weeks ago. When two we were weeks doing ago the when they were playing New, New Bedford. Bedford. Um, I know it was two of the top like five rank, uh, like the uh, the five, uh, top five teams in the state. Um, but, yeah, so they, they the, the last time they were out, they beat New Bedford. And that seemed like that game was kind of uh, – you know, a it was tight close one. for the first was, half at yeah, least. Yeah, it was yeah. a close one for the first half. Um, they ended up winning. Uh, I think it was by two touchdowns. It's like twenty-one to seven or something like. Oh, it was like close twenty-eight to, to fourteen. I th- okay. I think it was something 28, like that. 14, yeah, because yeah, I think it was the first time that um, 
this Bedford year had that New Bedford touchdowns. had multiple touchdowns in the game. Um, but in that last appearance, Will Lombard had uh, 158 rushing yards, two touchdowns and 25 carries. And three of uh, BR's four touchdowns against New Bedford um, came on the ground. And uh, the fourth one was a pick six. Um, so, you know, I think they finally have gotten their offense going. They've had two weeks to prepare for Dartmouth. It's always um, dangerous. It's the old Colony League opener for both teams. Um, you know, if you win your league, you make the playoffs. It's kind of... Which for Dartmouth, it's kind of probably their... Yes. You know, well, for both of them. close to winning out. Yeah, for both yeah. of them, yeah. Um, so it's it's a it's a pretty big game, um, to say the least, for sure. Um, and maybe it'll get one of the teams going. You know what I mean? I know I was at the the game the last time Dartmouth beat Bridgewater Raynham at BR. This was must have been two years ago, and uh, it doesn't happen very often. So, you know, this might be a year where if everything's clicking for Dartmouth going into this, you know, maybe they can take that momentum from last week's win and and really carry it over. Um, but. Like I said, BR's had three. Will look a lot different than one and four. Yes, yes, definitely. So that game is Friday night, Dartmouth at Bridgewater Raynham, seven p.m. And it's the old Colony League opener for both teams. And speaking of New Bedford, who we just mentioned yes. a lot, they are playing on Saturday in a game that is now three o'clock. It was originally one. It's gotten to move to three. SATs. Of the SATs. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so the New Bedford, man, I couldn't. I was covering they have the worst luck. I was covering the Aponquit game, and I was trying oh. to keep track of some scores on my phone, but I wasn't really. And I drove back, and I come into the office, and the first thing Lori goes, "New Bedford lost," and I, I think I almost slumped to the floor. <laughs> I was just well, and I then I said what the score was: <laughs> three oh. nothing. Um, oh, the poor Whalers! Yeah, I mean, it's just it's. If I they feel, have any luck, it's only bad them, luck. Yeah. It just seems like any, like they 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 had their opportunities. They were right there. They were on the door. Um, they had a uh, chance where Baron Hilton was. Uh, <laughs> Going to the end zone, fumbled, right? Fumble yeah, fumble, fumbled out. I think it was out of the end zone. It was yeah, a touchback. Uh, uh, no, touchback. Okay, t- touchback. Yeah, um, it wasn't recovered. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, you couldn't have gotten to three if you had a safety. No, yeah. yeah, and it was just um, I, I don't know. They just the defense. I mean, gave up three points. The defense has been spectacular all season. I mean, you can't ask anything else from this defense. I mean, even even against Bridgewater Rain, where they did give up four touchdowns, the defense. You know, three of those. Well, one of them was wasn't from the defense. It was a pick six. But I mean, the defense has played strong every single game. They've come to play. The offense just can't finish. They just cannot. I mean, five touchdowns. Finish. The defense has given up all season. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They and the three the three of the um three of the losses this year have been by three points or less. A one pointer and two three pointers, right? Yeah. Like seven six nine six and three nothing. Yes. Uh, and that's not this is almost the exact opposite of what we thought yeah the scenario would be we're like oh the the offense will be fine like, even last year they put up uh, some points yeah like true Williams threw 15 touchdown passes like they they gained some yards then it was like oh but can the defense keep up and it's been the exact opposite of what no, we, at least i expected yeah um i think i think at this point there's a little bit of frustration setting in of when is the offense going to finally come together? When are all these guys that have been playing together for so long and, and have that, you know, they should have that chemistry. They should have it. You know, it just, at some point, hopefully it clicks, you know, when it comes together and, and it's, they've added Bishop fee into their schedule. Um, this is the first time they play in Bishop Fee, and I'm not sure if they ever played him before, but they haven't in recent years. And Bishop fee is not always an good easy game. Yeah. It's not like you no. a cupcake. There. No, definitely. Uh, Definitely not. Um, the Shamrocks, 
Their record is a little bit down. They're two and two this year. It's kind of been an up and down season. They opened the the year with a loss to Falmouth. They came back and beat North Attleboro. Then they lost to uh, Billicra uh, in th- week three, and then they rebounded um, this past week with a twenty-one to zero win over Malden Catholic. Um, some of these, I mean, I I think we're pretty familiar with kind of North Attleboro and Falmouth, but some of these other schools we're not too too familiar with. Uh, but Fian is averaging about 17 points per game while giving up 16. So they're kind of, you know, maybe not, you know. Not impossible to score on. Yes. Um, but uh, their quarterback, um, Tim Diabroja, and uh, their running back, Ryan Jones, are the two guys that really kind of make them go. And how they do is is how the team does. Um, but, I mean, I think it really is just going to come down to New Bedford. Can they – can they get it together on mm-hmm. offense? You know, because we know the defense. If New is Bedford come out. plays its capabilities, it could be three. They should be three and one right now. Yes, yes. So, um, so this is a game that uh, not to say a little trivia fact. I think there are two Patriot point, sons on the uh, Feehan this year. That's uh, <coughs> Christian Foria's son and, and uh, Teddy Bruski and Teddy Bruski's son. So, and I think Teddy is actually uh, Buddy had him list uh, as assistant coach. Right? Yeah, yeah, assistant coach. So. Might be kind of fun to go out and uh, yeah. you know, have anything else going check on, on the, Saturday. Check out the sideline there at uh, Fian uh, on Saturday afternoon at uh, Paul Wall Stadium. Yeah, and I mean, and you know, hopefully everything clicks. You know, hopefully they can finish off these drives. They can, you know, you know, maybe just have a a play or two go their way. Like then that's the other thing. It's, it seems like anytime there's been a play that could go one way or the other. It's it been going the opposite yeah. of the of the Whalers' way, which you know and this those year. Those big play, those big score touchdowns haven't really happened this season. No, no. So, um, so like Brendan was saying, that game is uh, is Saturday, three o'clock. Bishop Fian is coming to New Bedford, um, and we'll see if the Whalers can can get in the win column. They got it now. I mean, three and four, you can still make the playoffs. Yes, I think they did last year at three and four. Yeah, I yep. think so. So this is their last chance. Because, I mean, they already lost to Brockton. So your big three hopes are probably out the window. Oh, they didn't right? play they, Brockton, no. Oh, no, they didn't play. Oh. What was... Uh, Bridgewater Random they played. Bridgewater Random. And they played... Um, so they still got both or... Yeah, well, Jeffy, well, they that's play... Right, because the big three doesn't... Yeah, doesn't, I, the doesn't no. champion doesn't automatically make no. it because they still play no. the game on... Okay, all right. But I think point-wise, depending on who you lose to and, and you know, like... Yeah, you I know last a, year they made it in four. three and four yeah. in Division two, so... So... Probably shot, so... Yeah, so that's nine football games between oh Friday goodness. night and Saturday. As always, you can uh, follow us. We'll be at uh, a lot of these games on Friday night and the game on Saturday at SC underscore Varsity on Twitter, at SC Varsity on Instagram. Uh, you can read all of our stories on SouthCoastToday.com, SouthCoastVarsity.com. And, uh, yeah, just keep enjoying the Friday Night Football and listen to this podcast. And if you're on iTunes or somewhere where you can rate this podcast, give us a bunch of stars and help some more people find it. Thanks for being here, Lori. All right, and uh, good luck to the rest of the teams for the rest of the season. I think this will be my last podcast unless uh, we have a team go to the Super Bowl. Then I'll uh, I'll come back. I'll back in. I'll clock (laughs) back in from maternity leave a little bit early to to go to Gillette. So. All right, and and if you if you find that there's a slightly less awesome research in future podcasts, that's my fault. (laughs) All right, thanks for listening.